So many teenagers waiting to be adopted from foster care feel like their lives are over. They've given up hope of having a permanent home and are terrified of aging out with no support system. Right now, more than 113,000 children are waiting to be adopted in the U.S. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is dedicated to finding them the right family before it's too late. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org slash learn more. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, this show today... Oh my gosh, I teared up, I don't know, four or five times while recording this show. Today, Alicia Britcholi joins me and we talk about Lent in a refreshing, refreshing way. Alicia is a brilliant person who I could really sit and talk to all day long. In fact, in the interview, she said, do you care if I tell a story? And I finally had to say, Alicia, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want because I just adore you. She is so kind and so generous with her words and her encouragement today. If you've ever wondered what is Lent and why does it matter and how can I even do it and what if I fail, today is the conversation for you. Now, I want to tell you in the conversation today, we talk a lot about Lent, but we also talk about a book of Alicia's that doesn't even come out till the summer. So don't worry, I'll remind you in the summer. And then we also talk a little bit about two other books of hers. So she has some great resources out there. And I want to let you know, we are going to link all of those in our show notes. If you go to jamieivy.com, you can go where it says, listen, you can find the podcast. Or if you can remember this, you can go to jamieivy.com slash HH564 because you're listening to episode 564. Friends, Lent starts next week with Ash Wednesday. And I would really encourage you if you're looking for something new, something fresh, something to take you deeper than just giving up something for Lent, which is not bad. And we talk about that today. And Alicia's three points of fasting are going to change your life today. But if you're looking for something to go a little deeper day by day in Lent, I would like to recommend Alicia's book, 40 Days of Decrease, A Different Kind of Hunger, A Different Kind of Fast. I'm personally going to go through it, and I cannot wait to see what God does in my own life by this, and I would love for you to join me. Again, we'll link this on Amazon where you can get it for yourself, and I'll also link her Instagram account because she shares with us in the show today that she's going to be doing videos each day during Lent to go alongside with this journey. Guys, speaking of Instagram, I hope you're following me because today I'm getting to do something super fun, and I'm getting to go to the premiere of the film Jesus Revolution, and in fact, Next week, we're going to have Kathy Laurie on the show, which the film is based upon parts of her life. How fun is that? Well, they invited me to come out to the premiere, so I'm doing that tonight. I'll share it with you all on Instagram. And then this weekend, I'll be with my friends in Boston for the Cheer Her On weekend with Melissa Zaldivar, who's been on the show before. And we've been reading Little Women together as a group, a lot of us. And there's going to be a few of us gather in Boston this weekend, so follow along for that as well. You guys, I know, I don't have to hope, I know that this show is going to be encouraging to you. You're going to fall in love with my friend Alicia, and I would love it. I would really love it if you shared it with your friends. It's really the best way that people find out about our show, and I believe in the happy hour so much because I believe in our guests, and I think we have great, great content. So share this with a friend. If you missed any of last week's shows, go back and listen. My friend Jasmine Holmes was here, and we talked about four different women throughout the week on Wednesday and Friday's show who have impacted us, four black women who have shaped us and who we are today. 
And then on Friday, we have my new friends who host the podcast Liberator on the show. And their podcast is a discussion of pornography's hard truths through the lens of story, science, and scripture. You don't want to miss that either. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Alicia Britt Choley. Alicia, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, I am so glad to be here. Thanks so much for the invite, Jamie. What the people don't know is that it took a lot for us a to lot. get here. <laughs> we both went through ice storms and power outages and internet problems. And so I literally, when things like that happen, I just think God has something really cool up his sleeve because yeah. it took a lot for us to get here. And so I just want to say I'm so happy, so happy to have you on the happy hour. Now, I want to tell you about, because I was talking about you behind your back. And so I feel like oh, it would okay. only be kind for me to tell you <laughs> what I was saying. And so a couple of weeks ago on the happy hour at the end of January, our mutual friend Tiffany Daniels was on the show. Oh, yeah. And so we got to talking about you. And I was just like telling her how much that time that we spent together meant to me. And mm -hmm. so I just am overjoyed that you're here. So before we jump in, I want you to tell everybody what you do, because I just adore all you do, but you tell us what you do. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you again so much for the opportunity to be here. Well, in addition to investing in my amazing husband and my incredible children, uh, I think I would probably describe myself as a people grower. I have the opportunity to come alongside of others and walk with them for extended periods of time, focusing upon the health of their soul. At the very center of that, though, is nearness with Christ. Mm. That as we see him more accurately, we see ourselves more truly, and other people can see him more clearly. So that's my focus. I, I want to be. I want to be a part of your focus. I love it so <laughs> I love much. <laughs> I was telling Tiffany when we were talking was that something that you said to me when we very first met, you probably don't even remember this, has stuck with me since we met. And we met down mm -hmm. at the Fisherman's Wharf, maybe there it was in San Diego, yeah. and we shared a meal there together. And when we first met, you looked at me and you said, Jamie, what is your assignment? Mm -hmm. And I had never, ever had anyone ask me that in that way. Because what you were asking me is like, what are you pouring your life into right now? And I just, I, I want to just start here because you don't know how profound that was for me, but it was profound. And so I want to ask you, why, what is your assignment? Like, where does it even come from that you asked me that? Because it, it was profound for me. Uh, well, it was profound for me when God asked me many years ago. I think I had a sense of what I was supposed to be doing with my life. There was this clear idea of what the need was. Um, at least some understanding of what giftings God had given me. And so based on that, I had made some assumptions about how to invest my time. And one day, the story is much longer, but one day I really felt God whisper to me, uh, what have I assigned you to do though? Mm. And I think that I had spent a lot of time um, making assumptions earth up based on what I could see and what I could measure. But assignment speaks of a heaven down type of life. Assignment speaks of listening before we assume. Uh, assignment speaks of waiting before we even run. And so it was something that really started to alter how I viewed uh, investing my time and investing my life. That I wait first is a beautiful verse, Jeremiah 6, 16. And it says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and walk in it and you will find rest for your soul. And so I started standing and asking more than running and hope I'd gotten it on the fly. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so assignment has been part of the way God has been choreographing my life for many, many years now. Is that, I know you've written a handful of books. I'm going to talk about two mm-hmm. of them in particular today. Um, two that I've never read, one that I that I have. We, we might not even get to the one I've read. But is that whole lesson that God taught you, Is that have you written about that anywhere? It's in the sacred slow. There's a okay. whole section on listening and heaven down listening and waiting. And so it's it's one of the 12 movements in that book. But that book's intense. That is not the Well, that's the book I don't have. And so I'm like, I need to head out and get that one. I need to get that to you. Yeah, I would. I normally recommend people start with like anonymous or 40 days of decrease. And if they still like me after that, dive into <laughs> the sacred slow because it's it's pretty intense. Well, I already knew I liked you before any of those. And so I'm going to dive in. I I have Anonymous and it's so good. I'm going to read 40 Days of Decrease here in Lent um, and then uh, your new books. I'm just, I'm going to become a part of your, I'll be your fan club. I'll be the treasurer or something and and people can join and we'll just have a good time. Um, I I love that. And I I, I really can't wait to investigate that Mm -hmm. more, especially since I know that you've written about it. It was so, it was so moving for me in that Mm -hmm. moment of just, and it's caused me to reflect a lot on that in my own life. Um, I I don't know where I read this, or maybe you said this actually during our time together. Um, You said this about yourself at the core. I'm simply a student who believes that reality is a friend and Mm -hmm. denial is an enemy of intimacy with God. Um, and I and I know you said those words when we were together. And in fact, I think I actually wrote those words from you in my book I just turned in, talking about that intimacy and denial. Can you unpack that for us real quickly? Yes. Well, if God were an illusion, if God were a fairy tale, then denial would be our friend. But God is the ultimate reality. Who is more real than him? Mm. Who has more of a grasp on what is really happening in our world, in our hearts than him? So God is the ultimate reality. The more we can walk away from denial and the more, even when it's painful, we can live what is true. We can be honest about what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're believing, then the greater our capacity to walk with him. So reality is a friend of intimacy with God. And denial, conversely, is not. Mm. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. 
Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I feel like we need to unpack that for days as well, Alicia. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really, that was also moving to me. If you guys don't know, I spent a couple of days with Alicia and just sat and just soaked it in. It was so much fun, but we just soaked it in. It was so great. Um, I want to talk to you about Lent. Uh, Lent begins next week. And so you have a book, 40 Days of Decrease, A Different Kind of Hunger, A Different Kind of Fast. And I'm sure that I've spoken about this before on my podcast with Lent. I didn't grow up in a a faith tradition that practiced Mm -hmm. Lent. And so it was a... it was something that I started to think about and investigate more and, and want to maybe be a part of as I got an adult. And if I'm honest, I still don't think I have a grasp on what Lent is and what God could have for me in that season. We had a phenomenal podcast in uh, last year with David Taylor, and he walked through Advent and talked a little bit about Lent. And I was just like... I felt like I was a student in class. He is a professor, Dr. David Taylor. And just the church calendar, it was just, this is new for this Baptist girl. Like, I I don't know about this. (laughs) And so let's talk about Lent because first I wanna wanna start with this. I think a lot of times Lent, people hear it and they either think a couple of things. That's Mm -hmm. for the Catholics Mm -hmm. or, okay, so I'm not gonna have chocolate for 40 days or I'm gonna like make myself miserable and then celebrate Jesus's resurrection. What is Lent actually meant for as Christ followers? Yes, great, great question. Uh, Lent historically has been practiced by Protestant, Orthodox, and Catholic streams of Christianity. And so this is an ancient practice. For many, many, many decades, we all thought that it actually originated back in the time of the apostles, but more recent scholarship has let us know that it probably became formularized around mid-fourth century. And so what it was, was a journey crossword, a journey where we're walking with Jesus toward the ultimate sacrifice that purchased our ultimate freedom. It's a place where we have the opportunity once again to realize that loss and less are also sacred. Mm. 
but not just gain and going. <laughs> that loss and less can also be sacred. And so we come alongside of Jesus and in 40 days of decrease, we also come alongside of the disciples in what was the most disillusioning space of their entire lives. Mm. Jesus was setting his face crossword. Their dream was crucified. Their dream was dead. And they did not know or understand that resurrection immediately was on the other side of the third day. And so we walk alongside of them. And as we do, we start to become more comfortable with those spaces in our lives. Mm -hmm. Jamie, when God doesn't make sense, when Jesus is saying things that, that we're like, what? What on earth? When Jesus seems late or Jesus seems not to see, when it seems like God just died, in our lives. If we become more comfortable with the disciples' real journey, we can more fully and faithfully live our real journey on this side of the cross. So Lent is an invitation to walk alongside of Christ and the disciples, crossword and beyond. And I too did not grow up practicing it. I was an atheist, and maybe one day we can talk about that. I chose atheism very early on. But my mom's side of the family did practice Lent, but it was a distant practice. I did not really start my interest in Lent until my doctoral studies, when my focus for my dissertation was disillusionment, spiritual pain. Mm. That's the overflow for my next book. Yeah. But I started thinking, what kind of practical way can we recapture a theology of the night, a theology of the difficult times, a theology of the crossword journey? And that's what drew my attention back to Lent and hoping in some ways to maybe reintroduce it to the next generation. I I think when you say it like that, it it is something I think I would that should be reintroduced. It found mm -hmm. sounds beautiful because when you were talking about even the disciples' journey, which I've never ever heard someone bring that into our Lent journey as well. Mm -hmm. But if we're thinking about what I often think is like the as the disciples are living this in real time, as we read what they're living, we know what happens at the end. We know about the resurrection. We know about the ascension. We know about what's coming at Pentecost. We know all these things, but as they're living it in real time, and I just thinking just now, Alicia, as, as we're all living our life, obviously in real time, and we don't know what tomorrow or 10 years or 20 years holds, there is something really beautiful about understanding this moment in time that we are in right yes. now. Yes. And so yes. how does Lent help us really live in this moment in time that we're in right now? Yes. Okay. Can I back up a little bit and give a definition? Please. Often when we think of Lent, what comes to our mind, and historically this is absolutely accurate, is some form of fasting. Yes. Think, okay. Jesus gave his life. I need to give up something, you know, designer coffee, is it chocolate, <laughs> social media? And these are all good things. I mean, in a culture that tells us that the reward for obedience is more, mm. that increase is a sign of favor. Any kind of abstinence we can, you know, implement in our lives. Great. Bravo. I'm, I'm all for whatever, however God leads you. But my personal definition of fasting is voluntary abstinence for the love of God. Okay, okay one more time. That voluntary abstinence for the love of God. And so voluntary means it's your choice. Abstinence is when we refrain from something that our culture says is a right for us to have. But the key is really for the love of God. Okay, could I do just a tiny bit of Bible study? 
Alicia, I want to tell you something yes. real quick. You don't need to yes. ask anymore. You can do whatever okay. you want. Okay, thank you. I am. Remember, I'm a part of your fan club. So, <laughs> so you are the president. You get to do it. Thank you. All right. No more asking. I'll just jump in. So we have a great picture of what fasting meant in the Old Testament in the first three occurrences that we see in the Bible. So first up is Judges 20, 27. It's around 1375 BC. The Israelites are gathering. They're fasting, asking for God's direction. Fasting was a means of discernment. Next up is about 300 years later, 1 Samuel 7, 6. Samuel's assembling Israel to intercede and confess. So fasting was a method of repentance. Next up, as far as occurrences, about 60 years later, we're at about 1010 BC now, and the people gathered to mourn Saul and his son's death. So fasting was a manifestation of grieving. First mentions, means of discernment, method of repentance, manifestation of grieving. Mm. Beautiful, pure, and as often happens in every generation, somehow that beautiful, pure offering began to become like an equation. Mm. Instead of a means to discernment, repentance, and grieving, all of a sudden fasting started to become a bit of a spiritual bribe. I'm going to give up this so God will give me this. I'm going to fast this so God will add to my life this. And that's when we get the rebuke. Isaiah 58, wow, stinging rebuke, verses 3 through 4. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and then striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high, which is why there's that third part of that definition for me. Voluntary abstinence for the love of God. Fasting that is pleasing to God begins with love for God and overflows in love for humankind. It begins, I'm doing this because I love you and I am trying to align myself to be conscious of the loss of the sacrifice that you willingly offered. God, out of love for you, I am going to do this to remind myself of your crossword journey. And as that heart stays in that fast, it's no longer a project. Oh, did I keep my fast? Oh, I broke it. Yes. No, this is an offering. It's a love offering. And the fruit of it is going to be, as God said in Isaiah, it will be a change in how we treat other people that were created by him. Begins in love for God, overflows in love for humankind. And so that's how these fasts are designed in 40 days of decrease. Uh, we're fasting apathy. We're fasting, oh my goodness, let me pull some up, regret. We're fasting speeding past sorrow. We're fasting fixing it. And everybody who works with us said amen. We're <laughs> fasting appearances, revisionism. Oh, here's one that's fun, armchair Jesus. We're fasting comparison, discontentment, intimidation. We're fasting God as a job. Mm. We're fasting withholding escapism. And one of my favorites at the very end, we're fasting guarding tombs. So these are heart fasts. Yeah. to go along with any other fast that God may lead you to. But with that bookend, for the love of God, mm. overflowing in love for those he's made. So this book, which I, I told you already I haven't read, but I'm going to read, read starting next week. Mm -hmm. You're taking the reader through 40 days of yes. heart things. Heart, yes. heart, heart things. 
Yeah. Hard and hard, probably. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. There's the reading is only like two pages, maybe three. And then there is a fast and it's very clear. And then there's also some scripture. If you would like to journey through the book of John and a bit of history for anybody who wants to geek out on the history of Lent, which of course I love. And I just couldn't put it all in a footnote. I had to put it in the chapter. But yes, that's it. And I'll be doing reading this time too. I'm going to every day um, read a chapter especially for those that aren't able to get their hands on the book. Where are you doing this so I can tell everybody? Yeah, I'm going to do it on Insta, and I think they're also going to repost on Facebook Author. Awesome. Okay, so I'll make sure everyone uh, can find that for you guys so we can read along. Um, What is your encouragement to someone who is thinking, okay, I want to take Alicia's definition. I want this Mm -hmm. to be different than it ever has been for me in the past, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us have, whether we would say it out loud or not, we have lived in that, God, if I do this, will you please do this for Mm -hmm. me mentality? Mm -hmm. Um, What is your encouragement for someone who wants to step into Lent this year with a new heart posture? I I know I I would encourage them to grab your book to help with that, but what is your encouragement for them if they might Mm -hmm. fail or it becomes difficult or what it looks like? What do you say to them? Yes. I'm going to use an illustration. So we all have children in our lives, either, you know, we're an auntie or we're a grandmother, we're a mother, we're a sister, a brother, whatever it happens to be, we've got children in our lives. And when those children at first time grabbed the edge of the couch and tried to stand up, and then what happened? You know, they fell down on their padded behind, right? We did not fold our arms and say, oh, for the love, would you let me know when you get that right? What did we do? We went crazy, right? We're taking photos. We're letting people know, hey, they tried to take their first step because standing was in their heart. Mm. So it is time for us, Jamie, to let God be the good father that he is. He is not sitting there with a clipboard, taking notes and ticking off boxes. He's that good father that's like, look, standings in my son's heart, standings in my daughter's heart. Oh, look, they reached for the sofa and they tried to get, oh, they fell back down. Hey, that's amazing. And so we need to let God be God. We are doing this for the love of God. There's no failure there. There is no failure. This isn't a project to be completed. This is love to simply be attended to. So wake up each morning and make a love offering to Jesus Mm. and know that he is pleased with it being within your heart. And any steps you make, that's just a bonus. Any steps you make, that's just a bonus. I love it. I think that's going to really encourage someone. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Alicia, you were talking earlier about how walking through Lent and you're exploring Mm. these dark nights that people experience. And and you have a book that comes out this summer. It's called The Night is Normal, A Guide Through Spiritual Pain. I'm so excited. Do you have a copy there that I could see? I do. Hold it up for me. 
It's the um, the advanced copy. So, you know, it has a little banner at the top of it. There it is. I cannot wait to get it in my hands. Oh, this is 30 years of my life, Jamie. 30 really? Years, 30 years. Yeah, I began studying this subject, well, 30 years ago. Yeah. I just always been fascinated with spiritual pain, with questions, with doubt, with disillusionment. I think it's part of me having been an atheist. Questions, the purpose of them was building relationships, not getting answers. And the reason you ask questions is to increase safety. <laughs> That's That was the beauty in my relationship, especially with my dad. Yeah. Asked a bazillion questions. I don't even remember any of the answers, mm-hmm. but I remember it was safe to ask. And so I brought that philosophy when Jesus interrupted my life and began to study the questions, the doubts, and kept layering studies over that, focused on it during my dissertation. And just for my own heart and for those that I'm caring for. And then the door opened. A publisher asked me what I'd like to write next. And a friend a long time ago said, whenever anybody asks that question, ask kind of a, yourself a serious one. Yeah, if there was one thing you could write before you saw Jesus face to face, what would it be? And so this is it. I wow. 30 years of life and study. Uh, it's, yeah, this. I'm so grateful to Jesus to get to pour this out. You know, the title, The Night is Normal, is mm-hmm. even just really intriguing to me as a reader and as a listener mm-hmm. and as a learner, um, because I think it's something that I could intellectually say yes, because we have all had those long nights and we understand that. But there's a part of me that wonders, why is that normal? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that feels like God, could we have the daylight be normal? Can we have, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I'm and I, i not questioning his authority or his sovereignty, but there is a part inside of me that goes, well, I don't want this to be the mm-hmm. norm. Yes. yes, both honest and wise. That's a great question, Jamie. Yeah. So when I think about the night, the night is one of the original residents of Eden. Mm. There's only a handful of them, but the night was one of them. God created the night. There was the night and there was the day. He had the greater light governing the day, the lesser light governing the night. So the night had governance in Eden. So pre-fall, pre-sin, pre-decay, pre-death, pre-conflict, pre-war, pre-it-all, walking with God in the garden required both day faith and night faith. Mm. And so it's normal. It is normal. Now, what has been normal since the fall is our desire to increase the sunlight and decrease the nighttime, both physically and spiritually. You know, we're always lighting oil lamps or candles or flipping switches or keeping our screens on, trying to extend the day and decrease the night. And we do it in spiritual ways as well. We try to outrun it. We try to outgun it. We try to find some way to stay on those kind of adrenaline spiritual highs so we can stay ahead of it. But the night is a normal part. In fact, it's a sacred part. If anybody has ever prayed, God, purify my love for you. The ancients will tell us, historical Christianity will confirm that God will grace us with a season, whatever you want to call it, through the desert, through the wilderness, through the night, through seasons of anonymity. He will grant us that gift because it purifies our love. We see less. Mm. We feel less. And so we have to faith more purely. Mm. And so the book, the very first, it's in four sections, Jamie. And the first section is really redeeming the night, giving people a strong, 
a lot of visuals, a lot of stories, but a theological framework. Because we have a generation that when they enter the night, even though we know it's a sacred space historically, they assume it's a failure of faith. Mm. Or we assume we've exited the church. Oh, no, no and no. No, this is a beautiful part. This is where we become wounded healers. Mm. This is where I know faith shines bright in the daylight, but faith grows depth in the dark. And I tell you, in the days that are coming, we are going to need to be a people that not only shine, we are going to need to be a people that have depth. And that's the Mm. gift that the night offers us. And so the very first part, we have a framework to anchor this. Okay, this is normal. I don't have to be afraid when this is happening. This is historical. Greats have gone through this over and over and over and over again, and I will too. Mm. And then parts two, three, and four are specific and practical tools on how to deal with three types of night, disillusionment with God when he's not who you thought he was, disillusionment with yourself when you're not who you hoped you were, and then finally disillusionment with those people who call themselves God's followers when they aren't who we needed them to be. Wow. I need this in my life today. <laughs> you know, I... You an advanced copy. Yes. I know that um, you were talking about the night as a gift, and we have seen mm-hmm. it go before us. And, and I, as a privilege that I get to talk to so many amazing people on my podcast, I mean, I've interviewed probably over 600 people. When people talk about the nights that they have gone through mm-hmm. without fail, and I could say this for my own personal life as well, without fail, every single one of them says, I never want to do it again, but I knew God in a deeper way than I ever have before. Yes. Yep. There's the gift. And even just saying that out loud gave me chills because it's this tension as humans that I, maybe I feel it alone. I don't know. I'll say my tension. My tension is I have seen, I have walked that. I know that to be true. Mm -hmm. I'm not flippantly saying that. Yes. But at the same time, the comforts of the world are so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the depth of knowing God comes with such hardship sometimes. So yes. here's our tension as humans. It is. How do you, how do we faithfully follow Jesus? Like I want nothing else than to show up meeting Jesus face to face and to know you did it, Jamie. Like you faithfully mm-hmm. followed me. How do we fight the tension of the comfort of the world with the truth that God is really known in the depths of the darkness? Yes. When I think of Jesus's calling, I feel like we all share it. And you said it. He says to everybody, everybody in the scripture wound up walking alongside of him. His one call was follow me. Mm. And so he is our focus. And as we follow him, we will naturally follow him in the daytime and the nighttime. And so if we fix our eyes on simply staying near him, he's going to walk us through the change in the seasons. He's going to walk us through that painful space, that transition from fall to winter. He is going to walk us through nights that are so dark that we can't see even an inch in front of our own faces. So to me, the focus is, Jesus, you really are my treasure. Mm. It's not answers. It isn't ease. It isn't abundance. It's not even healing. You yourself are my treasure, and I'm going to keep gazing at you. And then my focus is on the person of Christ, not necessarily on my scenery. And I think that's what God is longing for in some ways, though I do it weekly and though I do it imperfectly. I think that he is longing for a generation 
that's more consumed with whom they're following than where they're going. That's more interested in his company than their scenery. And that's going to have to be willful. That will not be natural for us. We will have to unstick from how we have measured our faith, how we have measured whether or not we're close to God, Mm. and try to align ourselves with something that looks a bit more like Christ, because he followed his father in the day and through the night. He followed his father when the crowds were cheering and when the crowds were booing. He followed his father when people were laying the treasure of Magi at his feet and when people were stripping from him his only tunic. He followed the father when he was placed in a wooden trough that fed animals and when he was placed on a wooden cross that killed criminals. Mm. This is Jesus. And if he is really our treasure, then the scenery becomes secondary, if not tertiary. Mm. It reminds me of one of my favorite lines in your book, Anonymous, which was the first book of I that I read of yours, Jesus' Hidden Years and Yours. It's at the very beginning. Um, and, and you said this, you said, the decisions we make in difficult places today are greatly the product of decisions we made in unseen places of our yesterdays. Yes. And, and, and I'm tying those together because I think that so often we get to another hardship, mm-hmm. another dark night. And we wonder how are we going to make it through this one and based on what you said here really the way you're going to make it is because you you did it before that's right you've done this work before and so talk a little bit about how when we're walking through making decisions for today they're the byproduct of what we did five years ago ten years ago absolutely yes when my husband and i first here's another story and when my husband and i first moved to missouri uh, we for the very first time, we're getting a little house. It's actually the one that we are still in. And we found this itty bitty little tiny, I mean, not greatly done on the outside house. And, but it was what we could afford. It was far enough out of town. And um, my husband walked around and then he went under and he said this, he said, babe, it's got such a great foundation to build on. Mm. And I looked at the, what was visible. I was like, okay. Anyway, around a year or two later, Jamie, we began to make some changes. We actually, in fact, the only thing that survived is that foundation and the supporting wall. And the house is, you know, three, four times the size it was at that point as we, our family kept growing and we kept building. One time when we were starting to build up and starting to build a second story, my husband was spending all of his time under. And so I was as patient as I possibly could be. I mean, I must have waited at least 24 hours, you know? <laughs> and then finally I just said, bear, bear, we're, we're supposed to be building up. You're spending all your time under. Help me out. Help a girl out, you know? And he said, he said, babe, I'll explain. He said, under, that's where all the unglamorous guts of our house are. Under is where the foundation is. Every time you build up visibly, you exponentially add weight to the hidden foundation. Mm. And he said, I'm under here building this up to make sure that whatever we build on top of it can remain and endure. And so it's in those hidden spaces, those anonymous seasons, it's in the nights, it's in the wilderness, it's in the desert, where we're working on our foundation. And nobody ever asks for a tour, right? We've had, I don't know how many people come visit us and they don't sign up. They're like, hey, can I have a tour of your crawl space? Right. But that's where the unglamorous guts of my house are. Mm. And that hidden foundation is where the unglamorous guts of your future are. And as we attend to it, whether we voluntarily walk into the night or not, I've never volunteered. I don't know about anybody else listening. I've never volunteered for the night. But when following Jesus leads me there, dear God, help me listen well. Mm. Help me wait upon him. Help me 
help me have a humble heart to attend to anything that the night brings to my notice. Mm. And that foundation, we keep wanting to build up without growing down. And perhaps that's why we fall over so easily. Mm. Perhaps that's why the last decades, the last hundred years is uh, you can't barely go a week or two yeah. without seeing a high rise that's toppled. Mm. We have got to attend our hidden foundations. Mm. You said we can't go a week or two without being a high rise that is top toppled. And I thought you were going to say we can't go a week or two without seeing somebody um, who has toppled as a yeah, person. Exactly. That's yes. That was because the reference. Of, yes. Yes. And, you know, it makes me think about walking into dark seasons and dark nights. And, you know, I love when Jesus teaches about build your house on the rock. And it's the same thing that we're talking about mm -hmm. here because he talks about the two houses and they both endured the same storm. It wasn't like yes. one was worse and one was less. Right. The same storm hit them both. And so as I'm thinking about even your book, your new book that's coming out this summer, the delusionment that you're talking about with God, mm -hmm. with ourselves, with others. Yes. It makes me wonder if there's not that foundation, if there's not that crawl space that's been worked mm -hmm. on, that's been mended to, I don't know how to ask this without just saying it. Can we come out of the other side of those disillusionments mm -hmm. still loving Jesus? Mm -hmm. God is merciful. <laughs> and I think in any moment when we turn to him and say, I really want who you truly are, not who I've made you to be. Mm -hmm. I really want who you truly are, not how my culture has presented you. I'll follow who you actually are. Mm -hmm. I think that miracles happen. Me too. I think that miracles happen. Mm -hmm. And you know, disillusionment, I think all it is, if we break down the word, Jamie, it's the dissing of illusions, which is a great definition a friend of mine offered. It is the negation of false ideas. So every time we lose an illusion, like, oh, wait a minute, I asked God, I thought that meant he would do it for me, you know, the uh, candy machine God, or whatever it happens to be, Santa Claus God, you know, the, those early images that we have sometimes in faith. Every time we lose an illusion, we have an opportunity to gain a reality. Mm. So disillusionment is never all loss. It's always an invitation to reality. And looping way back to the very beginning, reality is a friend of intimacy with God. So good. Alicia, I'm so honored to know you. And, oh, ditto. And you guys, uh, she has a new book coming out um, in the summer. There's a book I didn't even know about that I've got to get my hands on. Uh, but Anonymous was the first book I, uh, I read of hers. And then I'm going to be going through 40 Days of Decrease for Lent as well. So if you want to see these books, head on over to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and you can see the whole interview. Alicia, I want to finish this with what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know, we want to know what you're reading. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. I am finishing up the third part of C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. And so I'm right in the middle of that hideous strength. Um, I just finished um, Shantung Compound, which was a really interesting look at what happens, um, what happened uh, during wartime when people were all put together and given the opportunity for self-governance with limited resources. Just fascinating. I'm reading another book. Its title escapes me on spiritual authority in the believer's life. And I'm reading a presidential biography um, called Dreams of My Father. And I'm also reading The Body Keeps the Score. So those are the five or six that I've got going right now. You sound like someone who, do you, do you like having five or six going at one time? You know, I 
have one in every room in my house. Okay, okay. And, so, and, and more specifically, I'll just say it every restaurant yeah, in my house. Uh-huh. Right? So um, I just keep one everywhere and keep it going. And frankly, that helps me not fill those little spaces with more screens. Yeah. You know, scrolling. And so I'm like, oh, no, I can get another couple pages in this biography. Yep. And it just helps me do something different with those small spaces that are so formational. Yeah. I love that. I've often heard people say, always have a book with you because you're yes, always going to be absolutely. waiting somewhere. And so always have a book with you. Mm-hmm. Alicia, um, I want you to know how grateful I am for your ministry, for your words, even just today on the show and for the mm-hmm. words that you put in your books. I just know that God is using you greatly um, in the world right now and in this generation and in my life specifically. And so I'm honored to know you and it's been a joy to talk with you today. Well, Jamie, you are always refreshing to be with. Thank you for your honesty and for your love. I'm grateful for our friendship. Friends, I could have talked to Alicia for a long, long, long time. Um, I have sat under her teaching before. I mentioned it a little bit in the show that I spent a weekend with her sitting under her teaching. And it was really a beautiful gift for my life. And so I just want to encourage you wherever you can follow her to do that. We'll put it all in the show notes again, jamieivy.com. If you want to watch this interview, you can go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and you can see the entire show on YouTube. I want to highly recommend if you're looking for a new book to read any of her books. Anonymous is the book that I've read. And then, like I said, I'm going to begin going through 40 Days of Decrease for Lent um, starting next week. If you'd love to join us, you can find the book wherever you find books. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.